Hey, it's Cam. Welcome back to another episode of This Might Be Helpful, and I sincerely hope that it is. I don't want to just be regurgitating stuff, just contributing to the digital noise that exists within the ecosphere that is the 21st century. Today we're going to be exploring that value through some of the concepts that arise within Taoism. And these concepts are not limited to Taoism, they are concepts that have survived the tumultuous trials and tribulations of human history, the translation of perpetual suffering and chaos into some very meaningful and tangible guidelines, parameters, frameworks through which we can engage and assimilate into the world around us and create the reality that we want, right? Because manifestation is science. It is neural pathways and perceptions and parameters. And if we can really explore some of these concepts, not just as words on a page, but as things to embody, then we can hopefully become well-rounded enough, fluid enough, adaptable enough, lean and agile enough to pivot and flow and run with the chaos. Because we are chaos. I've seen a snowstorm in the summertime, and we can often be that snowstorm in the summertime, often through no fault of our own, but it is our fault when we do not take responsibility over how we respond to how we feel. Because we're not going to be controlling how we feel. That's, that's not what we're trying to do here. How you feel is a manifestation of a biological vessel, your incarnation, that you happen to be piloting. But quite often we're the co-pilots. We're snoozing in the backseat and we, we let... Uh, biological autopilot take the controls and lead us where we are going not necessarily where we want to go but it's always where we end up so the concept that we want to explore today that i want to explore today is non-resistance non-judgment and non-attachment now these concepts are not strictly taoist they're found in hinduism christianity buddhism zen philosophy stoicism find that a lot of these cultures, religions, philosophies repeat the same things in different ways. And that's okay because we have to find something that resonates with us. It's not going to stick in unless it is relevant to you. And in order to find what is relevant to you, you just have to keep trying, keep learning, keep reading, keep engaging, keep watching, keep listening, keep conversing, keep expanding your mind and challenging your beliefs because the world will challenge them for you. And they might not hold up. But if you are the one challenging your beliefs, if you are the one challenging yourself, then there's nothing the world can throw at you that you haven't already thrown at yourself. So non-attachment. Let things come and go. Have without possessing. Act without expecting. Problems will be no problem for you. I'm going to be pulling some various excerpts from the Tao Te Ching translated into the English format, and put onto a piece of paper, and we're going to try and paint the world around it, as we always do. Because philosophy is not just about pretty quotes. It is tools, it's utility. They are prescriptions. But always a guide and never a gospel. I don't have the answers for you. But if we can nudge you in the right direction, then you'll be able to find them for yourself, create them for yourself. So chapter, chapter two, things arise and she lets them come. Things disappear and she lets them go. She has, but she doesn't possess. Acts, but doesn't expect. 
When her work is done, she forgets it. That is why it lasts forever. Attachment is exactly what it sounds like. It's an attempt to control, to lay claim and hold close something external, something subject to perpetual change. We allow things to arise. Then all we're doing is being at one with the way things are. Things arise as they do. Thoughts arise as they will. You can't control that. Can't expect any different. And expecting things to be different than how they are, how they could be, is another form of attachment. And these attachments that we have, they are pinned to our ego, brought into our ego. Do you look at ego as something that focuses the external reality into something that is personally relevant? Part of that relevancy includes attachment. And we have to have attachment, right, in many ways. But any time that we are attaching to something, it is an admittance that that thing is not us. And we get what we are, not what we want. Attachment to the way things were, could be, should be, would be, is unnecessary suffering, layered on top of circumstance that is dictated by our very much subjective perceptions, the delusions of our thought processes. If things arise and you let them come, that is the, the point of neutrality. Things are going to happen. Problems are going to occur. Expecting no problems in itself creates problems, just like the desire for peace in itself, in itself creates chaos. The yearning for happiness creates unhappiness. The expectation to have no problems is, first of all, unrealistic and not in accordance with the way the universe is and functions. Life has arisen and evolved because of friction, because of challenge, because of turmoil, not because we live in a perfect environment that respects and facilitates all life and our perceptions of what that life should be. Act, but don't expect. This comes down to intention. And I will continue to speak about intention because I think it is at the core of us. It is the core of how you create a life that you want to live. We don't find it. We embody it. Acting with expectation is manipulation. Intention is a manifestation that is carried within you and created by you. You get what you are, not what you want. So when you act with intention, I think that intention is a really good, not a, not a stopgap for purpose, but as the foundation of purpose. Purpose is presented as something that you need to find in the external and hold on to, attach yourself to it, but embodiment and intention that is generated from within. And we are generative machines. We have data that is funneled in through the gateways of our five senses, and that is translated into an image and an emotional response. And then a correlation between that image and that emotional response. And that forms the parameters and a guideline for what to expect for next time. Our mind is always using the familiar past to try and predict the future. And we have attachments to both of those things. We have attachments to where we come from, why we are the way we are, who we are. And then we use that to springboard ourselves into a future, a future that we are attached to, whether it's a perceived good future or a perceived negative future. 
and purpose can kind of cloud that vision because what it does is cause unrest in the soul, unrest in the spirit. If we can act with intention, we take that generative power that we are, and instead of generating it from the outside to the inside to the outside again, it comes directly from the inside. Is your intention to help? Is your intention to heal? Is your intention to create laughter, to innovate, to dream, to inspire others? Those are all very worthy intentions, and I'm not here to judge your intention. You do you. But when you act with intention and remove the expectation, then the intention itself becomes the joy. It becomes a fulfillment. It becomes a satisfaction. It becomes the reason you get out of bed because no one can take that away from you. Outcomes can change. They are subject to change. Plans are subject to change. One of my business mentors asked me a couple of years ago, do you have a business plan? And I said, yes. He said, all right, you should burn that. Which came as a surprise because this is a very pragmatic individual. But he reoriented my thinking to my intention, helped to clarify my vision. And if we act with expectation, all we do is instill reward prediction error, which is the difference between what you get and what you expect. And when what you get is different than what you expect, generally that leads to disappointment. And that's no way to live your life. If you can remove expectation, remove it entirely. Imagine that. Removing expectation entirely and being pleasantly surprised at whatever arises. You cannot control what happens in the external. You cannot. You simply can't. Any, any idea of control is the illusion of control. It's the perception of control. We can orchestrate things, right? The conductor of a symphony. Is he in control? She in control? Because people are bound to fall out of time. The woodwinds are going to get tired. The brass is going to fall out of step and the percussion will get lazy. Nothing the conductor can do except continue conducting and take a deep breath. Our power comes down to our ability to respond to things. And when we are living unconsciously, we are in a state of reactivity. And when we are in a state of reactivity that is perpetuated by expectation, then we are always reacting from a place of lack. If we act with intention and remove that expectation surrounding that intention, then you set up your life for fulfillment and satisfaction and joy and beauty and love. And we can have standards. Standards are different than expectations. I have standards for myself. I have standards for the work I create. I have standards for the way I interact with people and the way they interact with me. Standards are different from expectations because standards come into your core values, but expectations are a manifestation of the delusion of mind, of the illusion of self. Who are you to expect? And it's not about fair, just. Really, those are, those are human concepts. Those are very useful human concepts. Thank goodness we have those because things can get a little hairy if we had no kind of moral integrity. But the world, the universe at large, 
It doesn't care about our expectations. It doesn't care about how you feel about what's happening. So our power does not exist in the controlling of the external. It comes down to responding to the internal, which is a reflection of the projection we put out into the external. When her work is done, she forgets it. The master doesn't allow her work to own her. Her work is a manifestation of her intention, an embodiment of self that has gone from a thought to something more tangible, something more rigid, something visible. If we can embody our work in the manifestations of what we do, then there's no reason to be attached to it because that work is us. It came from us. It is us. There's no reason to be attached to it. It's, it's done. And being attached to your work, to your prior work, that keeps you pinned. I, I don't want to look back in five years and think, wow, this is a really great podcast episode. I'll know that I tried my hardest. I'd know that I'll try my best. But I have no attachment to the words that I'm saying right now. They are subject to change. My opinions are subject to change. I hold very little certainty in my life because what's the point in being certain in a world dominated by perpetual change? Certainty is an illusion. It's a, an attachment in itself to the way things should be, to the way things are. A rigidity of thought that allows no extraneous elements to come into that sphere. So if we can remove our attachment to our work, we end up being able to embody and manifest things on a whole nother level because what is holding us back but ourselves? Chapter 7. She is detached from all things. That is why she is one with them. Attachment fosters separateness. For when one is with, one is also without. Does that make sense? It's called, is it man and nature? Or man is nature? Attachment fosters separateness and it fosters contrast. When you are attached to the person, the meaning behind that attachment only exists because of being without. You want to spend your time with this person because you know what it's like to spend your time without them. When you go for a stroll in the woods, are you looking at it as me? I'm, I'm in nature right now. Man and tree, man and beast. Newsflash, man is beast. Man is tree. Man is dirt. Man is water. Man is tr mountain. Are you the person doing the painting? Or are you the painting? Has that come from you? You are the integral key of it all. You are both the player and the creator of this game. When you're detached from all things, you are one with them. What does that mean? When we are attached to things, it's because the ego has come in, the self has come in. The idea of who we are and what we want and what we need and what we'll be is dictating the perception, our perception of the world around us. But we are the world around us. We are the space in which it all occurs. None of this happens without you. We are the space in which it all occurs. We are the space in which it comes from. If we can embody the non-duality, 
that is this reality. Non-duality. Two sides of the same coin. Can you bite your own teeth? Can a pen write on itself? Can the thinker think about the thoughts? I mean, that's kind of metacognition. The awareness of the self, the awareness of the I. But when you take the I out of it and understand that you are consciousness, inhabiting a vessel, inhabiting an incarnation, a biological set of extremely diligent and very astute faculties, but none of that is you, but it is all you. Thus is the paradox of, of life. Paradox, contrast, oneness, and non-duality. Yin and Yang, do they consider themselves separate or together? Because without one, there is not the other. Are we in love or are we love? Do we have power or are we power? Do we get energy or are we energy? And we need to unlock it. Funnel it. When you are detached from all things, you are one with them. When you are attached, you are not living in the present. Because if you were living in the present and you have that thing, then there's no reason to be attached to it because it's you. You are the space in which it all occurs. But when you are attached, you are brought out of the present moment to exist either in the familiar past or the predictable future, none of which exist anymore. None of those things exist. Chapter 9. Do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. Boy, oh boy, is that relevant. I hope it's relevant to you. It's relevant to me. I am a real knucklehead when it comes to judging my work before it's finished. And then, as a result, not finishing it. You know how many half-baked ideas I have written down on notepads and computer apps? How many dreams I've initiated and never followed through? I've actually followed through with a lot of my dreams. In fact, lately, I need to take stock and recalibrate and figure out what my dreams are. Which is a pretty cool thing to realize, actually, because that indicates that I'm living my dream. I don't know what my dream is because I already have it. Well, but don't judge work before it is done. If you allow thoughts to get in the way of intention, then you are getting in the way of yourself. You're getting in the way of your dreams. You're getting in the way of what you truly are. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts serve as protective mechanisms and your brain does everything it can to maintain and preserve its correctness. So if you are an artist, Let's take the classic example of painting. You start painting and you, quote, miss a stroke, mess it up. And a little thought springs into your mind and goes, ah, that's awful. That's an awful painting you've done. You've just ruined that whole thing. If you allow that thought to continue without addressing it, saying, thank you, thought, I understand that you are trying to keep me safe from judgment and criticism of others because... In my prior experiences, the way to keep me safe was just to not do this thing anymore because nobody can judge what I haven't created. Well, your brain will just continue to give you more evidence to that. Your brain will continue to tell you that what you're doing is a waste of time and who you are is a waste of uh, nuclei and cells and quirks. 
other infinitesimally small mechanisms and components of the universe. If you allow opinions to impede your intention or your intention's manifestations, then you will never find your true potential. We have to transcend the mind. We have to transcend the mind. All of our problems are thinking problems. None of them really exist in actuality, not in the way that we think that they exist. Do your work. Step back. Then judge it. And once you've judged it, you can do better next time. But there is no next time if you allow opinions, whether they're your opinions or opinions of the people around you, to impede your flow. Your job is to become the best in the world at what you do and to keep redefining what you do until that is true. And when you keep redefining what you do, what you're doing is redefining, refining the skills through which you communicate yourself. Becoming the best in the world at what you do doesn't mean being an Olympian or a chart-topping artist. It means finding the format and the avenue that most truly expresses yourself with the most minimal gap between thought and manifestation, between intention and embodiment. If you want to become the best painter in the world, you have to become the best you in the world. And that means expressing yourself without any of the gaps in between, without any of the impediments that are opinions. Understand that you got to do your best with the understanding that your best is going to change. It changes because our baseline is built on shifting sands. Some days, no matter what you do, those sands will be more like quicksand. And other days, that baseline is concrete and you have a strong foundation from which to step off and navigate your world. That's not always going to be like that. So don't expect that of yourself. Don't attach yourself to this idea of self that needs to be maintained. Even if it's a great version of self, if you have your good days and your, your good day might look like going to the gym for an hour, coming home, cooking yourself a nice meal, spending some time reading, engaging in self-care, getting to work on time. Some days your best is getting out of bed. Some days your best is brushing your teeth. But if you always try your best, then you'll have no regrets. Because regrets manifest out of an idea that we could have done something better. And in many cases, we could have. But that's the past, so we have to learn from that, move on. Take the learnings that come from making mistakes and, air quote, failures, and do your best next time. There is no form of failure besides not trying. So you have to not allow your perceptions of your work and what you're doing and the comparisons of the people around you to impede what you could create. You will only know once you do it. And that's the key to not having any regrets is to not live in a regrettable way. And the way to not live in a regrettable way is to do your best. And know that your best will change. Now, question time. I just have one question today. And it's from a Meki Almedo. Hey, I've seen you on TikTok and I was wondering if you can help me with a question that I don't seem to get the answer to. 
I've seen your videos and I understand that we need to make sacrifices to get what we want or to be who we want to be. But if in order to do that, we transform our present into a living nightmare just to be that person we dream to be in the future, isn't it a little contradictory? What should I do? Sacrifice my present to get a better future? Or just live the present without commitment in the future? I just don't seem to get the point of doing something that in this exact second I don't want to do so that I can have something better in the future. I know I sound like a spoiled child, and I actually do do things that I don't like, but I wouldn't like to turn 80 in the future and think, wow, I did absolutely a lot of these things that I didn't want just to get here and be as miserable as I was before. Maybe I'm looking for happiness in the external things. That's a great question, Becky. And I think that it would be remiss of me to say that you need to sacrifice anything right now to get the self or the future that you want. Of course, there's no biological free lunch. There's no free lunch. You have to put the work in to get the future that you want. It doesn't just come out of thin air. But you shouldn't be doing things that you don't want to do. Because doing things you don't want to do only creates a life that you don't want to live. If your main prerogative is feeling good, and I don't just mean feeling happy and fleeting moments of bliss and pleasure, I mean waking up and feeling good. If that is your main prerogative, then do things that are in accordance with that prerogative. We are what we are in the moment. There is no past, there is no future, but what we do now will plant the seeds for that future. So what kind of seeds do you want to plant? There's no point in planting the seeds of a fruit that you don't want to eat later. You got to want that fruit. I want that juice. I think that you need to strip back all of these perceptions because what this this version of self that you're sacrificing for, this version of your future that you're doing things that you don't want to do to get, whose future is it? Is it yours? Or is it a future you've been told, a future that you've seen advertised and portrayed on social media or the movies or the people around you? That's their life. That's their future. That's their jam. That's their fruit. But you got to find your own. Some people like strawberry and some people like marmalade. Do what makes you happy. When you do what makes you happy, you end up getting more of what you are because how we act is what we attract. And we don't see the world as it is, but as we are or as we have been conditioned to see it. So if you want to see a version of the future that you want to actually be in, it starts by doing things that you want to do now, not things that you think you should be doing because they are going to guarantee or enhance the chances of you experiencing a future that you've been told would be good. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want? And you don't need to know what you want in the future. Pick a general direction. I'm a believer in driving a general direction. If you like the scenery, then you're on the right path. And if you don't like the scenery, take the exit and get on a different road and drive in that general direction. The destination is the journey. It is the process. And yes, the things that we do now will manifest in different destinations, but those are all things that will arise in the present moment. There is no future. There is only right now. So if you want your future to be what you want, then you need to start doing the things that you want right now. That makes sense. I don't want you to get to 80 years old and think, wow, I did all those things for nothing either, but I don't think you will. Nobody looks back and regrets the things they did. They regret the things they didn't do. They regret the questions they didn't ask, the moves they didn't make, the dreams they didn't initiate. If you can just start building now, not with the sole purpose of gaining a future that you want, 
the intention of feeling good and enjoying your day. It doesn't matter if you live to 60, 70, 80, 90, or 160. If you're not enjoying your days, there's not much point in what you're doing. And if your future and your projections of future are based around finances and capital, then you don't want to get to the age where you finally have that money and you're miserable and there's nobody around you to share it with. About the amount of life in your days, not about the amount of days in your life. Your main prerogative should be feeling good and having fun. Life should be fun. I had fun while I was doing it. I looked at the stress as growth, challenge as resilience, uncertainty as potential that is yet to be manifested. Remember, certainty certainly not what you think it to be. Open the doors of perception. Keep your options wide. Adopt a position of neutrality and non-attachment, non-judgment, non-resentment. Glean the lessons from your experiences that you will and move on. Have fun in the process. That wraps up today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, leave me a review. Say something nice. Or don't. You do you. I'm not attached to what you say. I have no expectations. My intention here is to run my I'm doing this podcast not because there's a future that I want, because it's what I want right now, and it is creating the future that I want, but what I want, you can't even be certain of that. We let things arise, and we let things go, and because we have no attachment, they last forever. I'll see you next week.